It's the Saturday Friends Club. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Saturday Friends Club, your weekly dose of nostalgia across the internet. You can't find nostalgia anywhere else but the Saturday Friends Club. We are the only ones bringing it to we you. We have a hot monopoly. And yes. fresh. Uh, don't look on YouTube. Don't look on anywhere else on, on iTunes. Don't look because nobody else is doing it. It's not worth trying. There are not people who have made their namesakes on the word nostalgia. Or critic. <laughs> or, or, or anything like that. There is nobody There's nobody that else on the internet doing anything like what we're doing. Josh's original idea. I, I know. Notice me, senpai. Original idea, do not steal. So, uh, yes. OC. Welcome back to the Saturday Friends Club, where we talk about the stuff we used to like and find out if it's still good. Uh, I am Josh. Let's see. Going around the room, we have Eric. Mags is joining in. Hi. We have Martin Martin face. The fuck? <laughs> that, is, that is your name. It's a very old school name. It's, it's Martin McMartin you. face. You know, we're just, we know that's how everything's named on the internet nowadays. Yeah, the, yeah, Mr. Beta. We named the boat Martin. And uh, Sabrina. Hello. So we have the uh, the crew joining us today. Well, we're, red is under the table, but I'm uh, not sure that you can Red, red is very much under the table, very much nuzzling my knee, saying he wants dinner. Um, so we may have a limited amount of time before he becomes a very large asshole cat. Okay. Well, we are, I mean, we are taunting. We're just sitting here talking about mice. Yes, he, he, he does enjoy mice. He does enjoy food. Uh, he does enjoy uh, our... Uh, he might enjoy our topic, which is the secret of Nim. Uh, so, yes, uh... So should we do? Let's see. Who was the election for the Secret of Nim? I believe that was Eric. That was me. But I, I and mean, this, this is another this is another shoe in episode where I think like several of us could have recommended this. It's another one of those like bunting. You're just kind of like yeah, I'm just going is, to kind of just kneel. A lot of people have nostalgic opinions about this. Is good SEO. Yes. <laughs> it, yeah, that is the terrible thing nowadays. When I'm looking at the episodes we're doing, I'm going like, yes, and then it's like City of Lost Children. I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> Man. Nobody is ever going to search for this. Nope. <laughs> Just some weird French guy. Like, oh, Saturday Friends Club. Somebody finally likes this movie. Ha ha. And then they go like, hear me, and they say, never mind. He's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> He's clearly a pig dog American. <laughs> a clear capitalist. <laughs> so uh, yes, uh, the secret of Nim, which uh, I believe, uh, er- Eric, go ahead and uh, as we usually do, uh, go ahead and explain your background with the with the sh- with the movie. It's uh, it's not terribly in depth. It's um, it's mostly. I remember this as a kid. Uh, we had a VHS copy, which was like the jankiest copy ever. Like it, I think it was recorded badly off of a off of TV, and it was so it was super dark and staticky. And but I think we, we I, I watched it a lot, and I saw it later. And then it was just one of those movies that like I think in my like college years I went and rewatched at some point. Like oh, this movie is really good. Uh, it's it's an interesting movie. I read the book when I was a kid. Uh, I I had the copy of the book which had like was like the the book of the motion picture. Uh, well, I mean, it you was, just lost so much hipster cred. Well, it's not, yeah, so it's not a novelization, but it had like the the front cover was a still from the movie, and it was, it was like oh this is because it had a weird like rat wizard on the front, and so like oh that's interesting. And we're reading it like oh this is good, and like. Oddly enough, the second book in the series, I remember being pretty good. The second movie, however, 
I'm curious if the uh, the book that you read did it still say Brisby or did it go with Frisbee? I don't remember now because I mean, that's something we should just mention off the bat is in the book. Um, technically, her the main character's name is, is uh, Mrs. Frisbee, but when they when, when they adapt it to the movie, they thought that they could get in some hot water because Frisbee is technically a copyright of like the fl- the disc that you throw. So they changed her name to Mrs. Brisbee. Uh, I, I do not remember now. That's actually a good question. I, I like, yeah, that's, I think that my, one of my favorite parts of the book, or parts of this movie, is that they made this decision after they'd done most of the voice yes. recordings. So, like, the sound engineers had to go back on their magnetic tapes, because this was before digital recording, and, and recut, basically, find somewhere else the the voice actor said a convincing beginning B sound. And chop that in at the front. I, Mrs. I, Br- busy. Yeah, I, I wish I wish there was like a director's cut and you could splice it together so it's just like frisbee, 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 frisbee every time throughout the movie. Um, so so yeah, that was my connection. It was just always that I, I remember reading the book as a kid. The book I remember liking, uh, and then yeah, I've seen. Did the you movie. happen to read any of the other sentient mouse books? Are you a Redwall fan? No, I I knew of Redwall, but I just I forget why I just never read it. So like I was like only Seeker of Nim. Um, I did read Redwall. Did you also read Secret of Nim? No, I never read Secret of Nim, but I definitely read Redwall because I think it was starting to become a big thing again when I was in middle school. So I definitely read about three books before I ended up stop. I stopped reading it for a while, and I never got back into it for some reason. You know, there's you know there's an RPG which is basically Redwall. It's called uh, Mouse Guard. It's, it's it's interesting. If anything, the the book has has fun art in it. I don't know, Redwall is just such an intricate series. Uh, I felt like, because I hadn't read it for a while, I felt like I have to reread the first three books so I could get back into it, because just so much happens. It's a very intricate, it's almost high fantasy. Game, Game of Thrones, I mean, it is really. style, yeah. 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 But, uh, so, The Secret of Nim, I think, is, is pretty open and shut. And what's interesting about this, I think this is the best Don Bluth. This is this is my. Pick I will for... fight you on that. Right. Oh boy, what what would you what what's your contention? What are you going to put in the I, ring? I I, uh, I I like all dogs go to heaven more. Ugh. I know that you and I have uh, differing but strong feelings about that movie. All right. Well, I so... mean, I, this one is an excellent Don Bluth movie. Yes. But I don't think that it's like it's an adaptation. Like it's not as much an original. Well, yeah. all right. Well, we've seen all dogs go to heaven. I forget how many of us were present for all dogs go to heaven. I think all of us. Was it? Were you for, here for no, all dogs? No, I don't think I was no, here. Okay. Dusty here. All right, okay. May, maybe, but uh, okay. So what we could do is we, at the end we could have a fight and determine which one's the best. Okay. Uh, I've already put in my vote. All right, so <laughs> I, I'm going. To, I'm uh, never mind. I'm not going to make this topical. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Talk about voting right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's very not. difficult for week for me legally. It's yeah. it's been a fun one, I'm sure. Mm. Uh, all right, so let's um. Tell you what, let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, Secret of Nim, wonderful, wonderful little movie. So let's go ahead and I'll hit this fake button over here that makes the noise. Dream by night, wish by day, love begins this way. Loving starts when open hearts. Touch and stay Sleep for now Dreaming's how Lovers' lives are planned The Secret of Nim is a 1982 American animated dark science fantasy adventure film. How many tags could they add to that? 
Jeez. Uh, directed by Don Bluth in his directional debut. It is an adaptation of Robert C. O'Brien's 1971 children's novel, Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. Uh, the film is produced by Aurora Pictures and released by United Artists and features the voices of Elizabeth Hartman, Dom DeLuise, Arthur Mallet, Derek Jacoby, Hermione Habley? Jesus, okay, they put all the names, never mind. This is also the, uh, the first screen, this is the screen debut of our beloved Will Wheaton. Okay. Yes, yes, it is. Oh, yes. You're right. Well, Wheaton is totally one of the kid rat, the kid mouse. Good. He's uh, Martin, I think. Or Martin. Oh, hi. <laughs> yes. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Will Wheaton, we're sure you're listening. You we like the, you. You get to be the chubby and annoying mouse. Oh. I thought he was adorable. <laughs> Don't, worry, Don't make me come over there. I think you're Will, we think you're great. We, you're you're a nice guy. Okay, you're actually pretty crotchety online, but we know that that just hides your you know soft, happy interior. Well, you're the right kind of crotchety. Yeah, yeah I, no, I appreciate. Right I, I I highly appreciate Will Wheaton. His the, the new Will Wheaton. The the new Will Wheaton's a smart Will Wheaton. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, all right. So the secret of Nim. Uh, as we kind of alluded earlier, this is a movie that is going to be very difficult for anyone to really say anything bad about because it's, it's it's a classic for a reason. It's a, it's a capital G good movie. Uh, this is, I think this is all, all the best Don Bluth things in it. Um, Mags, are you going to disagree? I think it's fine. Ooh, okay, all right, dissenting opinion of fine coming into the room. uh, I mean, like, visually, I think it's stunning. And, like, um, I I bought the movie on Amazon, and Amazon has this thing where they provide you with trivia and stuff on the side. And there was a lot of great trivia for this movie, um, and a lot of talking about, like, the production methods that they pioneered to make those light and shadow effects. And, like, I think that's a... Like, this is a start of a Don Bluth technique. Like, these are very very important in his future movies. Um, and it's something that he does really well, and it's gorgeous to look at. I just don't like. I'm. Uh, my feeling is probably that there's a lot of stuff that was lost that was in the books. Uh, yeah, I'd actually say they they complicated like, things versus the book. Oh, really? Okay, because yeah. I felt like this was fairly straightforward. Well, the- not, not 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 that that's necessarily detrimental, but like this was, I don't know, like, like it felt very like The Hobbit. The, I, I, I would say that the number one thing is the book does not have any magic in it or supernatural elements. Mm. It's like it's like straight like the only thing that's remotely weird is talking rats who have like are intelligent. So the the book does dive, is different and this this does diverge from that in that there's no rat wizard there's no levitation there's no weird glowing eyes. Right, uh, and those aren't I think very plot uh, like they're not plot necessary they're just like visually uh, beautiful devices and and I think yeah I think you're they're, they're mostly a device for the movie just to kind of keep the story looped together so like Nicodemus has like a hollow sphere he can like watch them with and it's like yeah I guess that's like a little more visually interesting than just like cutting and narration and stuff yeah I, I think that based off of what I've seen because I've researched a little bit about the differences between the book and the movie I think that they may they definitely made plenty of changes between the book the most notable being adding kind of like the magical you know the magical unknown element to the book Precisely. or to the movie um, but I think in addition to that they did a good job making use of that addition yeah. uh, and it, it's not something that's added superfluously just for a movie's sake of just like oh people like magic people like you know all sorts of wizardry let's add this in like it, it has a use because there's there's points of the book that wouldn't be as easily explained just simply as is right 
Mm-hmm. Well, they'd also, I and mean, then they they tweak stuff like in the book. There isn't really a villain per se. Uh, the, the 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 sort of villain in the movie is one of the the regenerator, one of the evil, like the rats who's clearly evil because he's like nefarious in a darker shade. Well, yeah, I was about to say he's darker and he has a purple cape. Like that's a pretty. That's like but like I don't understand his motivations. I think so. The, so I was looking into his motivations specifically, and I think what his character represents is. Oh. Thank you. So what his character represents is kind of like this new this new force, this pressure for change that's coming through, and he's presenting as like the stalwart, stalwart bulk work against change. Yeah. It's, I, right, I, like, I see what, what conflict he brings in, but I don't understand why he doesn't want things to change. Like, because especially I, he's also changing things as we go through. It's because it's a consolidation and uh, secure of power. It's like because there's that there's a right, but what does he want it like? I thought he, like I understand how it functions well, narratively. Okay, but I don't... so a really good explanation I got for this was the idea of is it better for a group of people who are now forging their own society to completely cast off the chains of what originally had been, or to still feed off the chains that they had, just so that they can know that their society is going to be stable and be able to go fruitful and forward? Right, right. but that's not explained in the movie. It's not. That's yeah, it's not. Completely well, headcanon oh, hyperbole, yeah, but it's an idea. They allude yeah. to that kind of, and what it is is that the idea is that the rats. It's said by characters shouting off screen in ADR, so not the greatest. But uh, it is the idea that like the rats don't like that their existence is based on stealing stuff from the humans. Right. They want to go create their own society. That's delved way more in the book. Yeah, like that's all the stuff that I thought. I was like, oh, this is probably in the book. Yes, yeah, so yeah. I think they're just like th- that was kind of a hard sell for like the main conflict in animated kids movie, and then like right, like it's already a fairly long movie, and to add mm-hmm. those sort of poli- like uh, those political elements, I think would have been really interesting. But I understand, I understand why they got cut. I just I am left with a movie that feels like The Hobbit, where a thing happens and a thing happens and a thing <laughs> happens and a thing happens, and it's all fine and good, and it's fine and good. Um, it, but in the book, Jenner is an incredibly minor character who dies off camera. Uh, <laughs> Trying to steal an electric motor from like uh, from like a, a human store. Go and, hard, Jenner. And he gets like electrocuted to death. Ouch! Oh, oh never mind. I'm sorry. But it's just like, hard. It's all off camera, and he's not like an evil character. He's just he's just kind of a curmudgeon. Right, they just leave. needed somebody to become a villain. Yeah, I get it. Like I, I like I, I, like yeah. watching it. I was like, mm, there were some things that were left behind because they're hard to animate and but hard to show visually, I, but very easy to write. I'll acknowledge. I think that's a valid point about it in terms of the construction. I I felt I I didn't think it took away too much from the movie, and they added the other elements they tweaked and added. But um, that's much the much bigger thing in the book is like how are we gonna how are we gonna like leave nothing behind? So the humans have no idea that we were like building a secret society, and also then how do we like make a new society and that's all kind of being dealt with and mrs frisbee or brisbee i forget which is in the i guess the book is frisbee yeah originally um is like my house needs to move so that which actually i have this very short problem and i need you to fix it and then like the rats have like we understand and we owe your husband a great debt so we're gonna pay attention to you but like we're also in this big this big society shake up right now could you hold on just a second yeah and then right. the idea is like but no because the harvest is coming and like my the, children the grain thresher is gonna destroy our house so that means we should we'd get the, the, the greater oh, I guess plot we should yeah we should probably yeah yeah, yeah there, there's a ton going on here um there's a lot to talk about and I guess we have feelings about things I, guess uh, I mean it's, yes. a, it's a movie pretty much based on the idea of feelings so I, I will I, I just want to say real quick before we get into it that that, like I really like Mrs. Fr- like Brisby as a protagonist. Dude, mm. I love her. She's Brisby's badass. Dude, she's I, she's oh. like she's relatable. She's a badass, but she's still like realistic, and that she's like afraid and is doing crazy stuff. 
Right. And I mean, at the end of the day, she's really trying to save her son. And yeah. that's like, that's a great narrative device to be able to build a, a protagonist, a strong Sa- protagonist. Author. Save one of her four annoying children. <laughs> <laughs> and if, if you want me to go ahead and be the downer of the cast, this is the last uh, thing that Elizabeth Hartman yeah. did before no. she committed suicide. What, Rest what is peace. with these Don Bluth movies? Oh, boy. That got heavy. Yeah, well, I mean... Well, I mean, like, did the thresher and the sick child not get you ever... Like, because that was pretty heavy, I think. This is this is dark. And, like, I, I just like that, like, she does great voice actress for it. And the way she's written, like, there's a frailty to her character. And it's a compelling. Oh, right. God, yeah. that she's. It's amazing the fact that she is... She is... Uh, she, well, let's start at the, uh, the very onset of the movie. Her husband just died. It's a single, like, right. single mother raising four kids inside of a brick. Four children inside of a cement block. Yes. Like, it's, it's a, it starts off like incredibly hard on her. And you, mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things where you feel super sympathetic of like, holy crap, th- this may have happened off screen, but here is somebody keeping it together. So I think that's interesting that like, she's, a, she's a strong female character, but in this case is actually like, is just like a single mother. It is not like she's not like a, a, a like a like a lady like pirate captain. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think that like people like when you say strong female character, right. what they mean is like a man, but like a woman, yes. <laughs> like <laughs> like and, right. and like all obviously that opens a giant can of worms about like gender essentialism or whatever. Right, right. But like mm-hmm. what I like what I think what people really want with a strong female character is a strong character who is a woman. Right, right. You know, and this is a strong character who is a woman, and she has feminine traits that like she's like Sarah Connor but with fewer robots. <laughs> and like, like unless, instead of like robots it's murderous rats and like a giant grain thresher which is sort of like your and the your, cat yeah right. like there's and a lot the going on and this 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 mouse is she's got her shit together and yeah. she even does it like she'll she'll see and meet crazy things and will like her voice will like like, like, go up in pitch, but, like, she's still got her, like, game face on. Well, she's like, but, yeah, sure, giant crow. But I think the most important thing is that her demeanor is always timid. Like, she is somebody that is immediately, like, ah, I don't know. You want me to go see an owl? Owls eat me. Like, her, she is atypical for a hero, where a hero is normally, like, I gotta do this. I gotta do this. Let's do this. I am super, like, she's, right, like. There's no supernatural calling for Miss Frisbee. Yeah. yeah. That's, this is not the typical hero's journey. Right, and I think that's what's really appealing about it is that it feels so much more human because of that, because you could kind of imagine yourself being in a situation, I mean, not necessarily with those exact circumstances, but I mean... I mean, you you live in a small place in San Francisco, but it's a little bit bigger than... (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, the whole idea of having a catastrophic life event, losing somebody like that, and then still having to maintain or raise a family and go through a major societal transition, that's... I think that's a that's an experience that can resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. So yeah, I just I just want to put that out there ahead of time that like, wow, this is a a very well written character that I was thoroughly like I I really appreciate. Um, I think I really should probably go back and read the book because I know it's written for like a fifth grade level, so I'm sure I could read it in like an afternoon. Yeah, mm-hmm. I noticed that there was like an audible that was like eight hours. Like it, you wow. could, you could just you could go through it and just listen it. It's well, not long. It's so not I, might, long. I might have to do that for research, but yeah. Was, yeah. anyway, so the, the plot of this movie. Yeah, uh, Miss Brisby, a timid, widowed field mouse, lives in a cinder block with her children in a field in Fitzgibbon's farm. She prepares to move her family out of the field as plowing time approaches, but her son Timothy has fallen ill. She visits Mr. Ages, another mouse and friend of her late husband, Jonathan, who diagnoses Timothy with pneumonia and prescribes her medicine. Mr. Ages warns her that Timothy must stay inside for at least three weeks or he will die. 
On her way home, she encounters Jeremy, a clumsy but friendly crow. They both narrowly escape from Fitzgibbon's cat, Dragon. Uh, Jeremy is uh, voiced by Dom DeLuise, who plays Dom DeLuise. Exactly. (laughs) Dom DeLuise. He has Dom DeLuise in a Dom DeLuise film. Uh, he's like the kind of the comic relief, and he's a big, big clumsy crow. Uh, I really like his character. He's he's a, like one of the few times where the comic relief is legitimately amusing and endearing. Yeah, and supposedly mm. he was just workshopping that character constantly. I can imagine because he's like he's he's like riffing. He's like a, he's kind of Robin Williams in a way. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot inside of there. So I think we should probably rewind a little bit. Mister Ages. Who yes. plays just this kind of crotchety curmudgeon, but still kind of caring character. I, right. I, I, at this point, this is the point in the movie when you start to see like something like there's something weird in this movie because like the book I said is very like real world. Weird, weirdly enough, the movie like when she goes to Mister Ages like lair, he's got like elevators that are like made out of junk, and he's got like lights and stuff. So they hinted Mouse it early on. Punk. Right. Kind of. It's more like there's a weird kind of pseudo-magical element going on to it. Yeah. Everything doesn't, like, so, like, and then it picks up clearly when they get to the rats, like, underground city, but the rats have this kind of, like, I was going to say, like, junk tech technology. Junk pie. Have, it's I, a post-apocalyptic rat world. Right. I kind of got this weird... But it's, but it's also... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I kind of got this weird full metal alchemist vibe. It is, well, it's, it's like magical and then like some of the mice are wearing like kind of medieval almost yeah, yeah it's, it's sort of renaissance level it, of technology that's, that's what i thought too it's kind of like this weird renaissance late industrial age yeah well, renaissance can, can we make like a ren punk is that is that ren, something ren punk, <laughs> ren punk? It's just anachronism. Yeah, so it's yeah. just it's and, uh, people in like full body armor, but they still like there's knights and stuff, but there's still like clockwork gears and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it works though because in we'll find out more about this later, but basically the rats are living their Renaissance period, right? And so I mean, I think it matches well for them to be wearing quote-unquote renaissance clothing and, and right. there is a and there is a there is a sword fight later which we'll get into there's a sword fight oh, maybe somebody's selling a chicken leg somewhere also <laughs> one of the first places we get to see those lighting techniques that we we talked yes. about earlier ah. and uh mr aegis's like sort of cave thing is like there's uh, gemstones or bits of glass or bobbles stuck in most of the walls and they're glinting in this really beautiful way that mm-hmm. like draws mm-hmm. the eye as these characters are walking across what would be a sort of a mooring like boring fairly uh normal dialogue shot where they're walking along a, tor- a corridor mm-hmm. um but it's, it's really pretty to look at and there's a lot of stuff lying in the background that inform that you know like you'll be like oh i was informed yeah and and that's actually a good point to meet one of the reasons that this movie was created was don bluth and a few other animators used to work at disney and this is around the time of the 80s with disney where disney was not hitting its animation right. at all cylinders they had just gotten done with like the fox and the hound they had gotten done with aristocats and just like their animation was obviously suffering and don bluth was like listen i really want to do this secret of nim like i like the story i think it's worth it the disney higher up said nah nah we're not gonna do that so he went well screw it i want to do it i know i can do it i know the quality required you guys aren't doing it so i'm going to make my own company so i can make this stuff and this was so successful that it was the biggest non-disney animation film at the time of its release mm-hmm. yeah. like and, uh- yeah, I, I was going to say, like like you said about the, the, the shadow effects and everything, I would say just, like, the saturation and contrast is really high in this. Mm. So it's like, 
the contrast between light and dark is huge, and then there's very, like, vivid colors. Oh, vivid colors, and the things that give out light, like the light-giving elements, give out light in a very, like, it has a lot of impact. Things seem very bright when they need to seem bright. And, like, you would think, oh, well, the element of film is light coming through a film. Uh, you would think it would be super easy to make things that look like lights, but um, if you watch other stuff, you find that it's a little harder. And they invented a lot <coughs> of brand new techniques for this movie. Right. Yeah, there a lot of the movie I was surprised was really kind of drab. Like, there's there's a, a good amount of movie that's very drab, and then there's a tons of part where it's just super colorful. There's there's part... You know what it made me... Like, I, I just realized what had been like bugging me out, what was like fucked up about that, and it was the parts of the movie look like Charlotte's Web. And the other parts look like Magic Seeker of Nimworld. So, like, the farm is very Charlotte's Web. That's what it felt like to me. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's yeah, grounded in some reality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, the, I think the place that, uh, and we're getting to it in just a little bit, but the place that really, like, the atmosphere I found the best was the place with the owl. Right. Like, the oh. owl's lair Signaling is just... Don Bluth's fucking hatred of owls. <laughs> <laughs> he hates owls and cats, this man. It's, yeah. it's, well, it's... Well, like, I think he has mixed feelings on cats, because, like, there's good cats in, um, uh, the American Tale series. Mm. Yes. But, like, owls. I, I've never seen him do a, uh, a, 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 an emotionally, uh, favorable portrayal of an owl. Yeah. Yep. So, let's see, uh, moving on here, unless anybody else has anything else? The, the, a lot, a lot of, a lot of us, like, again, again, this movie is such a bunt. It's just like, let's just, lots of tangents about, like, particular things in the movie that are just awesome. Uh, next day, Miss Brisby discovers that Farmer Fitzgibbons has started plowing early. Although her neighbor, Aunt, Auntie Shrew, helps her disable the tractor, Miss Brisby knows that she has to devise another plan. Jeremy takes her to visit the Great Owl, who tells her to visit a group of rats that live beneath a rosebush on the farm and ask Nicodemus, their wise and mystical leader. So, oh boy, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Yes. So I really enjoyed that tractor scene. It was so terrifying. It was well, terrifying. It had like all the elements of like a really good action scene. And then also just that I couldn't help but feel a little bit bad for the farmer. <laughs> just, oh, no. oh, no, my corn. It's my corn. Oh, God, we're going to lose the harvest. Gonna, I can't pay the mortgage on the farm. Well, I mean, like, I think um, a lot of action movies, especially lately, are like power fantasies. And so it's hard to keep tension um, in a scene mm -hmm. where you know that somebody's going to be okay. But in this right. scene, you genuinely don't know that. It is genuinely quite frightening. And well, and I think, like, Auntie Shrew, who for the most part in this movie has been just kind of like, meh, 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 meh. Like, comes through. Comes yeah. through. Comes through. She helps yep. She helps out in a major way. Yeah, she goes to old Paul Revere just running down. It's like, the plow is coming, the plow is coming. I, I like, like yeah, her. she about walks out and she's calling these kid brats. But you know you know who's there when, when she's needed? Auntie Shrew is there for her community. Yeah. She... I, I like her as, like, an evil Angela Lansbury. <laughs> <laughs> Her voice. She's like Angela Lansbury if she was like a just totally like a shrew. But like she's not evil. She's just right, like, yeah. unpleasant. She's yeah. yeah. She's just like she's like a tutting old woman. Right. But she sounds kind of like Angela Lansbury. Yeah. No, but I mean, still, that just... a less charitable like teapot. <laughs> <laughs> Teapot whose the, patience has been worn thin. I hope that's Angela <laughs> Lansbury's like autobiography is like less. That has been worn thin. Just it's just her on the cover. It's like Teapot had enough of your bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so she's well, she, she Mrs. Brisby like has to like assault the the uh, 
the tractor. Yeah. And she pulls out enough uh, bits and bobs to make it stop. And the far- yeah, the, like we're saying, the farmer's family is all going to die. Um, <laughs> what the- well, I mean, that's a dramatic jump. Well, I mean, like we were saying, we think this might take place in the, during the Dust Bowl, and now they have to like move. Oh, okay, yeah, that's right. We were, uh, Eric and I were joking that now they're going to, oh, God, we're going to have to just sell the farm. It's just the grapes of wrath. They sell it, and they sell it to Mr. Douglas and its Green Acres. You have to just yeah. get on to Salinas. Make a new start. Okay. All right. So, uh, anything at this point? The the Nicodemus, the uh, this, Great this Owl. This sort of actually highlights well, a. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. This actually sort of highlights sort of one of my problems with the movie mm-hmm. is that, like they're really good at putting tension in these small scenes, but like eh, I don't have a lot of like I didn't feel like because it becomes like a fetch quest. Like go here, go there, go here, go there. Cool. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing that really sort of narrative. I mean, like like there's nothing that links the going from the home and getting the medicine to finding the owl to going into Nicodemus except like what is the point of the owl just to tell you to go find the rats right I mean, the movie doesn't really sno- begin to snowball until she gets to the rats right, right right yeah yeah but it's just like you spend a lot of time beforehand and so like it feels like it feels a lot of un- like and, and like i assume this is a case of it being like just a little bit of translation sickness yeah. That this is stuff that makes more sense and is more fleshed out in the book. But when I you think see the owl for a hot minute. He's like, "Go find the rats. Go find the rat wizard." But I think that there's at least a little bit of like explaining Mrs. Brisby characters and going to go see the owl because she straight up says, "He eats me. He eats mice." Like, I this could be me walking into a death sentence. Well, she, and she goes into the owl's like nest, and it's like it's like the three trials from Spooky. from Last Crusade. Yeah, it's right. full of cobwebs and mouse skeletons everywhere. Like, and it, I think there is. I, I agree on some point that it, it is a it is essentially all a hey, just go here. Like, but there also is a bunch of that where it's just like, what is the link she is willing to go? Will she fully sacrifice, potentially sacrifice herself to take care of one of her children, if not all of her children? She's willing to sacrifice the whole family for Timothy. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and that, and, and maybe that's some part of, you know, her, her, you know, from her husband because of the, what we'll eventually find out from that. We should say also just to point out like a, a runner. The runner of the plot is that this is uh, Brisby's husband is well known like throughout the area. Like the owl knows him, Mister Ages knows him, and we come to find out later that the rats know him. And uh, he's a, he's an important character. So like her name has a lot of like cachet amongst the various other like woodland creatures that she meets. Yes. Right. So uh, pretty much everybody hears Jonathan, and they all go, "Oh, Jonathan! Oh, okay. oh, you're, oh you're, Brisby! You're... I know that name. Yes. I owe that guy a favor." Yeah. 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 All right, so uh, Miss Brisby then enters the rose bush and encounters a tough but aggressive guard oh, rat named this, Brutus. This is where this is the first. I, I think this and the owl scene. And oh, actually, I, I had one point about the owl, which is I, I read later that they purposely tried to make the owl look like Nicodemus. They both are like glowing eyes, big eyebrows, kind of similar coloration. They have some fantastic eyebrows in this movie. Yeah, this this movie is like eyebrows are out, are out of control in this movie. They're but, on fleek. No. <laughs> Stop. But, um, oh my god. Can, so can they be ratchet? I don't know. No. no. Stop. Stop. No, the, uh, so they out like, but it's someone like they tried to make those two characters because they're supposed to be they're both supposed to be like two sides of the same coin kind of thing. Mm. But I thought that actually like now that I think like oh that actually does kind of just narratively confuse it further. But yes, as she gets in the rosebush, this is where things really start to get weird because like she's in the rosebush and like the vines behind her are like opening and closing like magic. 
and then she's a, a, she encounters one of the door guards who has a spear that shoots lightning, and he's just this like menacing cloaked figure. Yes, who chases her with a battle axe. Oh, that's com- oh, it's, it's a pikey sort of spear. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of oh. like a power trident. Which shoots, yeah. Yeah, which shoots it's lightning. It's weird, yeah. yeah. But also, like, we're not certain why he's so, like, aggressive towards mice. Yeah, right. Like, he's just weirdly mute, and I don't know. Well, I, I think it's just defensive of the area, and the fact that this is a giant, like, secretive thing that they're trying to keep anything out of. Like, right. anything that finds out about this could be like, do you know what the goddamn rats are doing? <laughs> They, so they yeah. they done made themselves a Latin spear. Uh, they taught themselves to read. But then she stumbles upon, of all people, Mrs. Mister Ages, who now has a leg bandaged up. He's like, uh, oh, oh, he's like, oh, hi, Brisby. And is amazed to see the rat's use of electricity and other technology. Is at that point that she meets meets Nicodemus and Justin, the captain of the guard, Ooh. and a ruthless, power hungry oh, oh, rat oh, oh, named all right. Jenner. Yeah, and then we and then we meet the Vincent Price rat. Yes, who's the bad guy? All right, so I'll say one thing: Nicodemus Cool, as mentioned, very similar to the owl. Just, uh, just in, yeah, he, he's yeah. like a Some rat sweet ass wizard. Eyebrows. Yeah, he's weirdly. And, weird. they, and they both had glowing eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, and not and not just like glowing, but like their eyes project beams of light, like flashlights. Yeah, that was really cool, just as a visual effect. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Justin, who we mentioned is the protag- is the like main dude protagonist who has showed up in the He's movie. The captain of the guard. <laughs> yes, and but I also appreciate that as part of this, there is there even though there may be the occasional like points where there's just like a wandering look that is just like maybe that went on a little long there's no actual romantic subplot in the no, movie I, right. I, I am mostly just like just juicing that for community oh yeah yeah but you know that's totally that's totally his plan right but she does that like she finally has she 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 uh suddenly has eyelashes as she's introduced to him <laughs> like just a coy wink wink hey uh yeah no this 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 movie like for a children's movie that this movie handles like romantic subplots very strangely because uh, the crow is always talking about like oh how am I gonna find a girlfriend how am I gonna find a girlfriend like how can I attract women like dude chill out <laughs> I well but that's half of his thing like he never chills out I like he's, well, he's, he's dumb Deloise I mean I know neurotic. I know but like it's he's, also just a, a very irritating character he's trait. just trying to find sparklies yes he needs sparklies he's got all this yarn that he's collected he has a lot yeah. of string like, me, I have to me, like give him a props a, for there's a lot of ro- there, there's a lot of rope work in this movie. <laughs> 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 Yeah, there's somebody who saw this movie went nice. <laughs> I like this. I don't I, know why. This is, uh, yeah. this is uh, the, that uh, that bird's hanging upside down. I think, All right. I think this movie. I think this movie scores pretty high in the like furry seed quotient. Oh. It doesn't rate as high as you think. Which I, which I you know. It's nowhere near like Lion King well, or no, it, Robin. Well, no, like Lion King is the like birth of a nation for the. No, 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 no. It's a specific. Uh, it's a specific generation. Yes. Okay. Remember, there's different generations of furries. I, I'm aware. Each I have their own movie. Birth of a right. nation, dear God. Oh, uh, uh, the the uh, uh, yeah, Robin Hood and <laughs> Lion King true. are like the two. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, as I've heard from furries. Um, <laughs> you know. Moving for, on through the Moving through the grapevine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. .com.org joke still uh, very funny in the year of our Lord 2017. <laughs> t- some things don't ever change. All right, so uh, 
we've already talked about Nicodemus. We've talked about Justin. Do we want to talk about Jenner? Let's talk I, about Jenner. Jenner feels like a low rent. What was the villain in uh, the great, great Mouse Detective? Yeah, he's yeah. he's yeah. like a not not as interesting as Redigan. Redigan yeah. Redigan's fun in his evilness, and Jenner is just kind of like. I'm the bad also, guy. <laughs> exactly. Also, I talk like this, and my uh, my eyebrows are pointed. Oh, my eyes are green. My cloak is dark, and I am yeah, too. He's got a purple cloak. You know, he's the bad guy. Oh yeah. Also, I feel like I know that they wanted to make sure people knew he was the bad guy, but I feel like they exaggerated his features too much, and in the end, he ended up not looking like a rat to me. He looks he. Yeah, he looked like his wolf muzzle fish. was yeah, I was gonna say it was yeah. too long and flat. Yeah, well, it maybe, reminded me of a dog. And Justin is very like, ah, oh, I'm the good guy. I'm open. I'm lighter. I'm a light brown. I've, color. I've got a white shirt. I've got I, I've got and my a like vest. <laughs> you know it. He's got his wow. he's got his like a tabard actually. I guess, but whatever. Yeah, he's got kind of like a, he's got like a nice neutral like earth tone like vest, and he's got his like knickers on and yeah, cool guy. Girl. I do love for like as a design for both the mice and the rats I noticed that they didn't do an obvious naked tail like rats and mice have I guess they decided it would make it look a little too weird and maybe ugly so they just left it the same color and made it seem like that it was like all one like covered in the same right, fur right. as the rest of their body which I thought was interesting uh a little design, you know, that they decided to stick with. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, they 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 have they have the Don Bluth faces, so I'm wondering if they did that just like let's just keep the focus on the face, right? Yeah, like having that contrast definitely would have pulled focus away. Yeah. Um, I do like that all the rats are wearing clothing. All of the <laughs> mice are wearing like bits. They're wearing. They're, yeah, they're, that's they're, a bit interesting. They're wearing like the suggestion of clothing. Yeah. Right, like the mice children. The the, look, the boys have shirts and the girls have ribbons. And Miss uh, Frisbee is wearing a shawl, which she does take off. She looks, and you, yeah, it looks, and it, like it feels a little bit weird, but she's not being weird about it. So I don't know how to. If, like, if I'm being the weird one, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't you are make, being the weird. I don't one. want You're to make the weird, this weird one. Maybe guys, we're just that, project- mouse, yeah. that mouse is really nude right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're just projecting our uh, interpretations of nudity, what is appropriate for clothing wear. Right, on, on. Right. Like Donald right, Duck, like, he's just walking around. His bottoms are exposed. What yeah, do you feel? No pants. <laughs> he's in the navy. Like, but that's that's fine because that's how Donald Duck is always. That's not an excuse. Many, many pantsless Navy people exist in the Navy. We pants don't are optional in, in the, the Navy. Navy. I believe there are many Navy servicemen who disagree and <laughs> and serve our country well. Uh, um, as wearing this, pants. Excuse me, sir. Who's your commanding officer? <laughs> as, as a quick disclaimer regarding uh, pants. No. <laughs> All right, so uh, now we get down into the meat of the story, the real thing. The question that anyone who has not seen has had the question of, what is the secret and what is Nim? <gasps> get ready. If you haven't understood that we've been talking spoilers for the past ever... This entire podcast. This, uh, yeah, pretty much. Like if, you, if you've gotten this far... And are just now getting upset about spoilers. And you're like, hi, Slowpoke. Oh, my God. (laughs) So here you go. The secret of Nim exposed. All right. From Nicodemus, she learns that many years ago, her husband, along with the rats and Mr. Ages, were part of a series of experiments in a place known as Nim, the National Institute of Mental Health. 
The experiments boosted their intelligence, enabling them to escape, as well as extending their lifespans. However, they were unable to live as rats needing human technology to survive, which they have only accomplished by stealing. The rats have concocted the plan, which is to leave the farm and live independently. Nicodemus gives Mrs. Brisby an amulet called the stone that gives magical power when its wearer is courageous. Uh, so yeah, should we? Yeah, the secret of yeah. Nim. It's I, I. I'm glad they explained it. It's not like the secret of the ooze. That's, right. that's, that's just left up in the air. Also, I like that the the um, the inscription on the back of the. The, uh, the 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 Amulet. stone <laughs> is like basically you can open a door if you have a key. <laughs> yes, uh, which has no other connotations that could right. Be. Like it's never used to open a door. Yeah, it's more used. To, well, okay, we don't. Want it's to it's more used for Deus Machina. Yeah, right. Deus right. Machina. It's basically like you can open any door if you have the key. Yes, that's how keys work. Yeah, right. that's, that's a literal, that's, that's not like, this is that's not some sort of weird tautology. You can drink water from a cup. I, if, <laughs> if you have a cup, all water is drinkable, I guess. I mean, I think it was just trying to be vague and door and key are just like, they're portentous. Yeah. yeah. You could add that to the other like weird philosophies in movie, like there is no spoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like, oh, these are words. This this these are adventure words. Did the amulet have an inscription in the book? Is this like translation the error? It's not, it's wasn't not in the, in the book, book at all. No. No, oh there, right, no There's magic. no stone. No, yeah. Nicodemus no. is just kind of like I remember he's just kind of like this wizened old leader in the book. There's no stone, there's no magic. Does he still have those awesome eyebrows? No, he's just not a wizard. He's just like an older rat. <laughs> I mean, he could still have the eyebrows for all we know. I, okay, uh, maybe you're true. I, we'll I, have to double check with the book. I did not see any eyebrows drawn in the book that I was I was reading. You weren't just sketching them through between the pages? Every time you see Nicodemus <laughs> yeah, just over little, the C and over the M. Just, little fifth grade me just drawing eyebrows. Just FYI, real <laughs> yeah. rats don't have eyebrows. They have these weird whisker things like a cat. They're cute. They're mm. very cute. All right, so because of her husband's relationship with the rest, they agree to help Miss Brisby move her home. First, they need to dig. First, they need to drug Dragon, uh, so that that way they can complete the move safely. The farmer's cat, who like whenever you see him in close up, looks like some sort of hideous monster. And whom we found out was the reason that Jonathan died. Yes, yes, yes. He was also trying to to drug Dragon. Yes, so, I mean that's that's pretty fucked up. Is like, hey, Miss Brisby, can you go take care of that that like cat that killed your husband? Thanks. Right, but it's also not painted like as a revenge plot, which I thought would have been like, I don't like. I thought it was an interesting choice. They were like, "This is a thing that needs to be done, and we can trust you. You apparently have your shit together." Well, she um, volunteered. Yeah, yeah, I know, but like She's... the movie doesn't ever paint it as a revenge plot. Right? No, like, it's yeah, it's never yeah. like and avenge your dead yeah, husband. Put a whole or... bunch of rat poison in here. Also, it's weird that we have rat poison. Why do we have this? <laughs> that's that's weird. That's weird, right? Well, I'm I'm kind of curious though because this the the film itself is ostensibly built as a children's movie. So if the film was kind of promoting this idea of revenge killing for a for a creature, that'd be a bit dark. Well, they for. weren't killing I was it. Say, plenty anyways. of children's movies. Well, no, they were drugging it. They were just making it so it would fall asleep. Yeah. So, but yeah. So uh, drugging dragon. Uh, only Miss Brisby can do this because only mice are small enough to fit through the hole in the house. Uh, which, as we mentioned, Jonathan was killed uh, by dragon. Technicality. Uh, let's see. 
And the other uh, other time before was the reason why Mr. Ages had his leg broke. He tried to do it, but he's too like old and fat. Yeah. So that night, she puts in the drug in the cat's food dish, runs back, but the Fitzgibbon's son, Billy, catches her. <gasps> and now she is trapped in a bird cage, overhearing a phone conversation between Farmer Fitzgibbons and Nim, uh, where she learns that the Institute intends to exterminate the rats the next day. Which, by the way, we should add at this point, the rats had a crazy delegation where they had the conversation very early where we talked about, should we stay and still steal all of this energy? from? Says Mr. Bad Guy, boo. Or should we go out and forge our new home in this new place and not have to Yay. steal stuff? From the good guys. Yeah, I, I actually I liked I actually kind of liked Jenner's like his like minion dude, who was like kind of a bad guy, but then he goes good later. Brutus. Brutus. No, it wasn't Brutus. But I think no, Brutus was the door guard. Yeah, this is a completely actually he's one of the only people that are so noticeable notable in the movie, but never have a name, right. which is really? so weird. No, no, he called no. Brutus was the door guard. Yeah, he doesn't actually have a name, but he does have a name in the script. Uh, I believe it's one of the, like the the notes for the movie that. No, I feel like for somebody who doesn't have a name, like he was fairly fleshed out. Like right. Like, well, he, I mean, he like, he ends up being what kills. You know, he in he spoiler. eventually. No. I know spoiler what we're getting. The thing that we're but he kills like Jenner. Like he's the reason Jenner dies. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. I, but I mean, like they don't ever give him like clear motivations. But like you can sort of build from his actions. Right. Like he doesn't want to go. Like, and like, uh, so you can sort of guess, like, it, it, you know, like, he never has a speech, like, these are how, this is how I feel. But you can tell he doesn't want to go, but like, he's not a bad guy. Like, he's not evil because he doesn't want to kill these children. Right. You know, and he's not really super into killing Nicodemus either. He, yeah, he kind of, he chickens out at the last second and Jenner, like, just cuts him and thinks he's dead. But then he, like, at the very, at the, you know, the dramatic moments needed, he kills Jenner with a throwing dagger like a badass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, boss. Totally goes out. Like a I know. I, I, his design is kind of cool. He's like, the, he's just like a beefy rat with like armbands and a vest. Uh, his name is Sullivan. Ah, uh, S- what? Sullivan. Sullivan. You know, that character they named in the movie called Sullivan. <laughs> um, like, I feel like he looks like somebody, too. Yeah, he does kind of. Like, he's mm-hmm. got that look like, I am a rat meant to look like your. Like, I don't know. He feels like somebody from a sitcom. I don't know. <laughs> Just the George like Costanza. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, he's round. He's got a mustache. He's a cheerful dad. So the George Costanza, yeah. Not Costanza's not it. No. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> no, like, somebody who was a high school principal, maybe. I don't know. He, he, high school principal. He, like, they, they, gave, they definitely imbued him with some pathos. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's see. So they decide to, they help to move the home. Miss Brisby is captured. Uh, so she eventually figures out how to escape from the cage and runs off to warn Justin and the others. At that time, the rats are moving the Brisby home with the children inside using a rope and pulley system during a thunderstorm. Smart. Jenner, who wishes to have the rats remain in the rosebush, sabotages the ropes with his reluctant accomplice Sullivan, causing the assembly to fall apart and kill Nicodemus. Yeah, they, they drop a brick on him. Yeah, that'll do it. Yep. Yep. A brick that is a home. He, he pretty much gets like Wicked Witch of the Easted. Yeah. Yep. Poor Nicodemus. His eyebrows never stood a chance. His, yeah. Uh, Miss Brisby arrives and tries to convince the rats that Nim is coming and they must leave, but Jenner calls her a hysterical liar, attacks her, and attempts to take the amulet from her neck. Always a good way to convince people. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I should kill you. 
I'm a hysterical woman. And th- this might be a little, uh, I, I was with you, but then she's saying some stuff, and now you're attacking her. I might not be, I might not support this. Right. Yeah. Uh, Sullivan alerts Justin, who rushes to Mrs. Brisby's aid. After m- mortally wounding Sullivan, Jenner engages Justin in a sword fight, which ends in Justin stabbing him. Uh, I do not remember where I read this, but apparently that entire sword fight is not rotoscope, but it's like, Cop, it's a copied Errol Flynn, Basil Rathbone like scene from one of their movies. Huh. Hmm. Um. Uh, let's see. Justin then adjust, uh, addresses the other rats to prepare for their departure from the farm. Jenner recovers and advances on an unaware Justin, but a dying Sullivan hurls his own dagger into Jenner's back, killing him. Uh, and then some deus machina happens. Uh <laughs> There's some magic. Yeah. So uh, a door is unlocked. Yeah. So in something that is summed up in what appears to be two sentences at the end of the movie, uh, the Brisby house begins to sink into the mud, but Justin and the rats are unable to raise it. Miss Brisby's will to save her children gives power to the amulet, which she uses to lift the house and move it to safety. The rats depart to Thorn Valley. Uh, yeah, that's a lot to put into two sentences. Yeah, no, she, yeah. she like the, the her house is about to sink into the mud, and her children are drowning, and she activates the power of the amulet, and then she does like a Yoda and an X wing, and just kind of like, and like moves it over to a safe spot. Yep. Yeah. All while channeling the power of the rope. Yes. <laughs> the power of the rope. Yeah. It's it it's a it's a good children's movie, but that is one of the parts where it's just like, okay, it's magic. It's just magic. She's yeah. used the magic. Just go with it. It's the magic. It's the force. Yep. The force is with her. Uh the rats depart to Thorn Valley with Justin as their new leader, and Timothy begins to recover. Uh Jeremy eventually meets Mrs. Wright. <laughs> He meets, yeah, of course, because oh, she just barrels into it. Mrs. Wright. Wow. Uh, Another crow who is just as clumsy as he is, and the two fly away she's a lady together. Crow. And then they and have she's sex. Also interested in strings. <laughs> oh. Let me get a shiny. And sparkly. I, 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 I do like the irony of having a Dom DeLuise, though. Isn't he gay? I don't. I have no idea. No clue. I feel like I would know. Mate, I mean, he well, he's not alive anymore, so so then it would be past tense. But well, was he gay? I feel like he was married. Anyway, I anyway. Uh, he had a wife. Carol oh, okay. Author, and he does have children, but that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, not in this day and age. <laughs> well, well, I mean, not in that day and age. I mean, okay, well, I, I stand corrected, but it is funny. Yeah, he, like, of course, Jeremy has to find like a lady crow at the end. They yeah, go, right. Like, like just out of nowhere, in. right? And they're like, "Oh, let's fly together with this string." Yeah, the, you the, like string. I like. I, I mean, let's. Uh, if that's I, a basis I, for a relationship that I, they're I, happy I, with, that's fine. Well, but so like you have that hot second where like frisbee is like making eyes at uh, what's his face, and Justin? Um, Justin. yes, Justin. Oh, that's happening. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, of course it is. Uh, and like nothing <laughs> develops there, and they hardly spend any time together. That's not like, like, hey, we have chores to do. Essentially, like we have plot stuff to do. Um, and then, then, then you have this other like forced romantic relationship, which is like, and now you have a, a crow wife. <laughs> well, but you, but you know, eventually, like they're going their separate ways, but Justin will be back. Though, yeah. though, a very sad thing. I just noticed DomDeLuise.com completely blank. Aww. Just a completely blank page. It's very weird. Aww. <laughs> there should be something there. You could put something there. What do you mean? It's 
this 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 domain is parked by me. His ghost, <laughs> his ghost is parking. Yeah. Oh. A donut filled with uh, a jelly donut hollowed out and filled with ice cream. There yes. you go. Well, I I don't I don't know I don't think so. He literally married his wife in 1965 and was with her until he died. Yeah. So that I, so sounds I, like a like it's considering Hollywood usually doesn't allow people to stay together very long. That's pretty dang good. 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 I good mean, it, it's not a rule that they have to not do that. <laughs> it just seems like it happens because people are. I don't know. It's part of the culture. It's yeah. It feels like it now. How does liberal it? Hollywood? Look at this Hollywood elites. But he also did a lot. He wasn't just an actor. Oh no, Dom, Dom DeLuise is like a is a an accomplished like, man. Yeah, yes, yes. He is. and his best friend was Burt Reynolds. <laughs> huh. eh, it's funny. Not many people friends with Reynolds. Eh. It's because he can't sing. <laughs> God. I don't know who was like. You know who we need to have sing in this movie? It's Burt Reynolds. Oh, or or <laughs> you know, ride around on a horse like in the, in the name of the king. All right. So, so wait, so he, so they were actually best friends in real life, and then they did all dogs go to heaven together. No, he's making jokes about all dogs go to heaven. Oh, but they actually were friends. Yeah, that's cute. I didn't know that. Yeah, they were friends. They probably played golf together. It's just like, hey, that's Don, horrible. I know this wonderful guy you should have on for hey, the next movie. Look at this. No, but all dogs big go hat. to heaven was done after. So well, I the Dom next Dom movie. So no. Are you saying Dom saying that or Bert said that? No, Dom said that to uh, oh, to okay. Don Bluth to All be right. like, "Hey, I you thought sh- you were saying Bert said that." Yeah. Like, no, <laughs> Don Dom said to Don, "Hey, you should have this dude on. His name is Bert." <laughs> this is gonna be real funny to listen to. <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> I don't know. Right, oh, and so that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. There's yeah. no more movie. Uh, anything else that we uh, there is a there are sequels. No, we're no. not talking. We're about not this talking now. about the sequels. No. Sequels are supposedly not good. Uh, I say, this is a movie that like I I think this stands out visually even among other Don Bluth movies. Yeah. Oh yeah, it definitely. Is. Like it's gore. I think most of like the only Don Bluth movie that I I, I don't think is appealing visually is Thumbelina. But that movie was terrible in every way. Oh, I like the movie. I'm, I'm sorry. No. Uh, if you want to know I further like things, how would you feel about a reboot? Um, um, why mess with something that's already good? Yeah, this yeah. is yeah. functional. Okay, so I feel a little bit differently about this. I feel like so. this is functional. This is fine, as I said before. It's fine. Um... Uh, I like I, if a if a reboot was done by somebody who liked and cared about the source material and had skill at adapting, then I would be fine with that. Then I don't allow think it needs one. Then allow me to read this. Uh, Deadline.com reported that MGM had reacquired the rights to produce a new film based on the original novel Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. The film would be produced by a team of Daniel Bobker and and. Erin Cooger, the screenplay from Ice of Ages series writer Michael Berg, and is planned as a CGI slash live action hybrid via the Smurfs and Alvin of the Chipmunks. Oh no, it's going to be terrible. And would be an origin story in which an imperiled mouse protagonist befriends a comical crew of lab rats as they turn hyper intelligent. Uh, oh no. They escape a secret laboratory and become great Josh, minds of vermin no, civilization Josh, please, forced stop, to outwit stop, the humans hot stop, on their tails. Stop, the studio plans to Oh, this already sounds bad. 
The studio plans to turn the novel into a family franchise. How can I unplug your microphone and also the studio? (laughs) That sounds horrible. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yes, a comical crew of lab rats as they turn hyper-intelligent. An an origin story. There you go. God, that sounds like if somebody was like, you know what would be funny? A flower. Flowers for Algernon was a comedy. (laughs) (laughs) No. Hey, we can uh, we can make it funny, you know. He's uh, he's a big doofus starting off, and he's smart again. Nothing again. nothing is worse than the the words turn the novel into a family franchise. Well, just like all, it, that's like giving it a minion's treatment. They, they name drop two awful awful properties. Yeah. <laughs> right, Smurfs and Alvin and the Chipmunks. Mm. If there are two things that should not exist. Mm. Those would be it. Who who is the farmer in this reboot? CGI is it is it? Let's action. have Jack Black be the farmer. Like, no. <laughs> Jack, no. I like Jack Black, but come on. Jack Black is good in small quantities. No. Yeah, Jack Jack Black. Jack Black needs somebody who can tell him no. I'm a plow's dead. Ah. Starts playing classico. Asterix <laughs> <laughs> that, that will be fine. Yeah, yeah, he starts randomly <laughs> just playing rock guitar. <laughs> if um, oh fuck. Uh. All right, so let's all agree to never watch that. And we'll never speak of it. Oh, listen. Yeah. We uh, at this point we're gonna know how well the Moji movie did, like, and probably worse than it's, we ever want. It actually got better since we first checked. It's currently at three percent. Well, box office is what matters, and I'm I'm fearful. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. They well, m- the problem with these movies is that like what they make in the American market is is almost uh, irrelevant. Yeah. Because they will go on to make uh, billions of dollars Just elsewhere. Just went to mm-hmm. see it. Well, no, but, like, also other audiences aren't, like, have different expectations of their movies than American audiences do. So, like, one, a bunch of people will take this because it's there and they can put their kids in an air-conditioned building for a hot minute and, like, not think. But also, like, movies like this aren't, they show just fine in China's building more theaters than, uh, than we're losing, like, uh... So, like, things that bombed over here, like the Warcraft movie, went and sold really well over there. It's going to show really well here. They're going to resell the right. They're, they're going to distribute it worldwide, and there are more eyes out there than there are here. These movies often make two or three times as much as they do overseas. And so, like, it's not it's not about what we want. It's not about making a good movie. It's it's what is going yeah. to sell. You're making me clinically depressed. Yep, so this You're is... You're welcome. <laughs> this is looking at the Southeast Asian market. The Chinese consumer market. Anybody who really likes emojis and doesn't care. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's, yeah. 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 And anyway, uh, (sighs) anything else about Nim? We we ended on a happy note. You're welcome. (laughs) Art is dead. (laughs) (laughs) No, let's, 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 let's end on some kind of positive note. I mean, this movie's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, this movie is awesome. I really love the dynamic that you get between, uh, I'm sorry. I really love the dynamic you get between the kind of science element of it with the uh, NIMH that kind of creates these super intelligent rats. The whole um, part of like them discovering their inner, uh, I don't want to say human nature, but kind of rat nature and being able to ask more fundamental questions about... You know, Are all the rats wizards? Is that why the, the one rat is... No, like, they're like not the all wizards. animals, no, no, no. whatever. No, because they're so super So he's just intelli- a racist. Yeah, yeah. they're intelligent, uh-huh. except, that the ch- except that like Mrs. Uh, Auntie Shrew is intelligent. And everything else, so I don't know, right? But I, I do, I do like the um, the kind of big fundamental questions that they that they po- that they that the rats are are asking themselves about their society and where they need to go, and then the kind of importance of of uh, of um, 
uh, Brisby's Journey. I think that in itself really makes it a compelling film, and I do, I do, um, I do find it also interesting about like the way they integrate the the unknown portion. Yes, there is a whole Deus Ex Machina kind of thing, but the other thing as well is that kind of inexplicable feeling that you sometimes get when you have a life event or you have something that comes comes across or you have this really adverse experience where you know that this is the right thing to do. Like I need to do this. I need to sacrifice be willing to sacrifice everything to be able to um to make that difference yeah and and a point on that like it was was brought up like when that amulet actually like happens when the amulet actually like lights up it's on fire she burns it and drops it into like the pool Mm -hmm. and then goes no i need that and grabs it again like knowing like this thing is on fire this thing will hurt me right but you know has this just like no i have to do this yeah this it's it's doing its thing i have to do this this is a case of for me at least that i like this character more than i like this movie Sorry, Red's being disruptive. Yes, he, he's a d- disruptive technology on the back of Eric's chair. <laughs> no, I mean, like, uh, Miss, Miss Frisbee is amazing, and, and, like, I will probably go read these books. Uh, but, like I, like, I like her more than I like the rest of the movie. Right, and I think I can definitely see the people there. Like, the, the character relationships in this are extremely strong, and the development for Miss Frisbee is, is, is especially poignant. Though I still, I still just love the interplay between all those different elements, the kind of nature part of it, and coming to terms of like the big ethical, more morality questions that the that are playing with, and you know, developing our own technology versus you know feeding off of the uh, the resources that are there, and then of course the entire role that 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 science plays in be in in being able to create intelligent life. Poor sneezy kitty. <laughs> Red's having a little sneeze fest over there. He's, he's yeah. perched on the back of my, not, not not to steal Martin's thunder here. <laughs> the cat is perched right behind my head and is now like sneezing uncontrollably. Yeah, right. He's a he's the a, internet yeah. loves a cat. Yeah, <laughs> I also I also just really love like this little subtle motif that kind of gets in. It's kind of like the unforeseen consequences of technological development. And the, the it's funny because I had listened to a recent um, episode of Hidden Brain where they were talking about kind of like within even you not know, bringing this out of like the context of this uh, this secret name is like of the unintended consequences of something like social media of things like Facebook of Instagram and of uh, of Twitter of all of these technologies which yes has the power to be able to bring people together to to create connections in the far and disparate world but at the same time can kind of create things like the the FOMO effect or other kinds of um, or other kinds of uh, self uh, self de- uh, derived neuroses or obs- or obsession with uh, portrayal uh, portrayal of uh, of one's identity and self in in uh, in digital contexts and so I, it's it's kind of interesting to be able to kind of see that come across in a, in a film like this and to be able to get into that level of uh, of um, uh, analysis in it even if the film ostensibly doesn't necessarily have that specific message you can make those kinds of extrapolations because that overall big message kind of comes through and that's what i really appreciate about the film is that it does take these uh take these big ideas and place with them in ways that you can you can you know see within the context of film but also pull out into other other areas yes no no (laughs) what no you disagree we must fight to the death i'll throw this cat at you (laughs) no that'll hurt well, I mean, there, that is a certain sense, and they actually do explore that a little bit in the second book, if I remember. It's, I haven't read it since I was in fifth grade, mm. but I remember that being a thing is they actually get to Thorn Valley, and they're trying to build the civilization. Um, 
in, in such a way that they're like self-sufficient and they can create this new order to society. Well, that can be part of the family franchise. Oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> uh, and so you're Marina, welcome. what did you think? I mean, I grew up watching the movie. I had it on VHS, so I watched it a lot. It's definitely one of my favorite animated films ever. It's beautiful to look at. I like the story. I like the idea of, in the end, it wasn't technology that saved her children. It was her love, basically, that saved her children. Because, in the end, you know, a mother's... At least, not... Okay, this isn't 100%, but most moms, good moms love their children and will do anything for them basically and i thought that was a good showcase of that mm, mm. um so i'm like I, I like the idea of that it was it was because of her she was the one that ended up saving her children even though she didn't think she could do it you know that's i thought that's what i got out of the film um story-wise the amulet really is the one ring and it gives her the will to to solve the, the problem of the day Right, but because we're we're talking about there's like it's it's nature versus science in in like we were watching something that said, well, maybe the amulet symbolizes the unknown or magic or something else besides nature or science. So I think that's what I mean, that's hyperbole, obviously, right. but you know, it that I like the idea and I kind of kind of see that but for me, it always represented, like, just her love, you know? Like, her love unlocked the magic of the stone, and that's what saved her children. And in the end, I think they were trying to say that that was more important. Yeah, and I think it's both that love, but also that resolve. That, that resolve in the face of extreme adversity. Right. And, and the fact that when that moment happens, when there's the what, the quote-unquote deus machina moment, mm-hmm. like the rats are all who at this point had been kind of like, should we go? Should we not go? What's going on? What's this? Everything's falling apart. Everything's bad. Like they stop and they drop to their knees. Yeah. Like it's almost like a come to Jesus moment that's where. Some, well, that's some crazy shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah. whoa, she has just gone gold. I knew. Yeah. I know we had a wizard, but whoa, hold like, on. Like this is. Yeah. I don't know. It's and, a rapture. And like, like I said, it's beautifully animated. It stands up even after all these years. It still mm-hmm. looks beautiful you can't deny that this was a very well animated film so like that's always going to be like the top example of a don booth film for me is going to be this movie just visually and you have a jeremy on your shelf here yeah Yeah. sabrina has made a uh, a clay it's incomplete but i actually created a clay jeremy uh back when she was in school yeah, so I, I actually watched it not that long ago because <laughs> I had watched it again when I was in college so I could do the sculpture. Yeah. So. Yeah. Th- this was my first time ever watching it. This was my first time ever watching yeah. it. I, same here. It, it had been one of the things that's been like, oh, I never have seen Nim. Like, it's it's some of these things that everybody's just like, oh, Nim. And I was like, all right, let's do this. And for the most part, it's super held up. Yeah. Like, it didn't disappoint. It I thought it was solid pretty much the whole way through. Um, and to the point that we were making the fight earlier, I think it's better than all dogs go to heaven, frankly. I mean, in my humble opinion, I am H.O. 
I do want to say one more thing about this film. I think it also has just a story that resonates across different groups and cultures. This is like I feel I feel like that that personal story of with uh, Miss Frisbee. That's one that is uh, that that you can so readily identify with in so many different ways. There it is. All right. That's any 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 last calls? All right. Ready, set, go. That's been the uh, secret of Nim. Woo. Uh, fantastic. Good time. I think we can all say definitely on the, on the go watch it list. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. It is, it is, it is a good, good time. All right. And that'll take care of us for this week's uh, episode of the Saturday Friends Club. Thank you all, all of you wonderful listeners for joining on, in with us, spending an hour of your time going through some nostalgia fun and, uh, you know, finding out if this is a movie that you should watch. And the panel says, go do it. Go yeah. find it. I'd say, yeah. It. Um, top five recommendations of the stuff we've done so far. God, yes. Yeah. Yep, uh, definitely. Top five. Definitely up there. Uh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and where you can find us. We are at satfriendsclub.com. We're over at satfriendsclub.com. If you want to find all the podcasts and the fun stuff that we're at, we do have our Patreon over there. If you feel that we are warranted enough to leave us a few shekels, a few baubles, a shiny or two uh, for our wonderful, uh, our, for for what we do, the sparklies. Cat is attacking me with his butt. Bitcoin is also if you, accepted. Yeah, if you want to see, uh, if you want to see cat, I'll post pictures of red if you want. Uh, and we do have things like the uh, pre-show uh, discussions and everything that are going to be posted up there shortly, uh, and Discord chats and everything. So if you want to come, come complain at us. Come, come join with us. Complain about the things that we don't do and praise us for the things that you enjoy. And tell us why we're wrong because you're on the internet. Yeah, exactly. That's what we want to hear. We want to hear your valid and truthful opinion. I mean, those are difficult to find on the internet this day as is, so. <laughs> um, and with that, I think that has taken care of us for the Saturday Friends Club. Right. Uh, we will join you next time. Uh, we don't know what's on the docket yet. Uh, we will come up with something. I believe we're going to have probably, uh, we might have a filler thing coming up, which is going, which uh, I think we've discussed, which is the best of the sequels of uh, the things we've covered so far. Not, not Normally an oxymoronic statement. Yes, uh, we, we might be doing a little special of that uh, to fill us through because August is going to be a very busy month for some of us. Uh, so we may just add that in. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see that. You'll, you'll get an episode next week. It'll be a thing. Yes. We've been consistent so far. We're nearly through. We're over halfway through this year. Woo! Right. All right. So uh, let's do this. Uh, thank you all for joining us this week. We will be back next week with more Saturday Friends fun. Till then, sleep well, everyone. Good, Good night, night, schlubs. Beautiful schlubs. Love our schlubs.